Bonjour. Welcome to the Dexabit Data Diaries. This is your captain speaking. You're listening to the Data Diaries. Data Diaries. So he's got the best voice? Nice. Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Data Diaries. Right now it is December 2020 and we are all ready for this year to be over so we can start afresh in the new year. So today we're going to reflect on what it's been like taking the public through this journey over the course of the year and our hopes for the one ahead. I am here with Rob Baker, who is the Director of Marketing and Creative Strategy at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Welcome, Rob. Thanks very much, Angie. Great to be here. And Rob, I imagine you and your team have had quite the year these past 12 months after first reopening following MoMA's closure for renovation and then another reopening following the COVID-19 lockdown. What lessons did you take from one reopening to the other um, versus what was novel second time round for marketing? Yeah, it's been a, as you said, it's been a really kind of exceptional year for us. We opened uh, and expanded MoMA in October uh, 2019, which seems like decades ago now, but was just over a year ago. Um, and the, the, the opportunity there was really to share a kind of reimagined kind of curatorial vision and experience of the museum to our visitors, be they locally or you know, a significant proportion of our visitors come from further afield and overseas. Um, so I think, you know, with with any with any marketing strategy that we want that we deploy, we want to kind of excite visitors with a, a really compelling kind of invitation to come and experience the art that we have on display in our collection. Um, I think kind of coming into the reopening, uh, which happened for us, we were waiting for the all clear from the governor of New York State to say that museums could open. And that happened uh, at the very end of August, uh, earlier this year. And um, we had certain restrictions in place that, you know, we couldn't exceed 25% of the capacity of the museum. Um, And so our kind of our biggest communications challenge, I think, was making sure was really reassuring visitors um, that the museum was a was a safe and welcoming place to come during the pandemic. So, a real priority for our kind of marketing communications were communicating those protocols that you know you have to uh, wear a mask throughout the galleries. We practice social distancing. We will be doing temperature checks. And so that became a real focus of reassuring visitors that we were we were a safe place. Um, and from the very beginning, that was, I think, uh, was reassuring for visitors and they had a lot of confidence in that. So, Rob, what's been the shift of the role of digital in the marketing landscape, both during lockdown and now into reopening and recovery? So it might be worth just uh, me introducing the team that I lead uh, at MoMA. So that's something called the creative team, which comprises of uh, marketing, uh, digital product, design and content. And I co-lead that with my colleague, Leah Dickerman, who's director of content and editorial strategy. I joined MoMA uh, just over three years ago. And the real aim there was to think about a more integrated relationship between kind of content and marketing, a kind of understanding that um, our audiences want a kind of slightly more sophisticated relationship with the museum and actually to be very content forward. So uh, going into this lockdown, we 
we were relatively kind of well served in terms of establishing some of those kind of more digitally forward content streams that we were working through our platforms, be they our proprietary website, moment.org, or the social platforms that we appear on. So kind of going into it, I think it was still a surprise for the museum in as much as we went from being a museum that um, presents a program physically, a kind of analog experience, and a kind of supplementary or supporting experience digitally. And I think we, when we closed on March the 13th, to be precise, suddenly the whole experience of the museum could only be really achieved through digital channels. So that kind of introduced lots of different shifts for how we work, how we present our program, and was a really kind of exhilarating experience for us where we saw kind of museum goers have a real kind of enthusiasm and engagement with some of our programs online that we hadn't seen at this scale before. So I think there's been lots of learnings there in terms of how we engage audiences digitally. I think this period has certainly focused our mind on how we reopen and think about a museum that exists both digitally and virtually. And I think also just the experience of coming into the museum, that actually we had lots of kind of analog processes that existed before. So a booking process that could be kind of a physical interaction, um, a physical ticket, a physical visitor guide. And our marketing, although digital forward, was a mix of digital and kind of more analog, more traditional media. And actually, the shift that's happened, you know, relatively seamlessly is that we now have a booking process that is pretty much exclusively online. You get your ticket straight to your mobile. You have a visitor a visitor guide that you pick up by scanning a QR code in the museum. And the vast majority of our marketing now is through, through digital channels. So I think the shift has been so, so seamless. And actually, audiences' responses to that have been so kind of accepting of those changes that I think there probably are longer term implications for how we'll work into the future from this period for sure. I love hearing that the QR code is making such a comeback at the minute. It's like that technology waited for this moment. To I be. know. He, and I, I have <laughs> to say, I've never quite understood the QR code until now. And certainly in New York, you know, you can't go into a restaurant and have a menu. You have to scan the QR code. So it's kind of got this second kind of renaissance, if you mm. like. It's hilarious. And I know MoMA is usually a hugely popular destination for locals and tourists alike, but with capacity constraints at the moment, it would be a rather unique time to really sit with the art without the crowds. Have you promoted that or taken the angle of any other sort of silver linings, if, if we can call them that, or a staycation theme of how you've presented MoMA to the public at this particular time? That's a really great question. I think we have certainly uh, pivoted our strategy to invite kind of local audiences to experience the museum. In fact, our kind of opening campaign when we first reopened was this idea of being a New Yorker again, that actually, you know, a museum experience really kind of expresses kind of one of the reasons why you want to live in a city like New York. You know, New York had suffered you know, had a fairly difficult kind of period during lockdown, um, really significant number of cases. And I think, you know, a lot of people live in quite small apartments and New York is a very 
kind of social space where you want to go out and experience new things and be kind of out and about. So that was a real, really focused message for us that actually the museum offers actually the best of New York. We do, as I said, in my previous kind of answer, we do a lot of our marketing through social media and through digital advertising. And we've been really able to test some of the messages that we're putting out to audiences. And one of them was exactly that, the idea that you can experience, you know, MoMA without the crowds. And that has been a message that's really resonated. And, you know, the feedback we're getting from audiences that are coming into the museum now is just really positive. I mean, certainly they're really thrilled to be able to come and experience something and do something in the city. But actually that luxury of being able to, you know, experience these galleries without the crowds and to be able to spend some really quality time with artworks has been it's been a message we've been pushing, but it's something that's really resonating with audiences as well. I love that approach of of being a New Yorker. I think that pride and loyalty to our hyperlocal communities, it's really been a positive coming together of, of people this year. It has. And we work with NYC and company who are the kind of marketing body to promote the city as a, as a tourist destination. Their strategy has certainly been to pivot to this staycation model, if you like. So they have a campaign called All In, which is partly about experiencing the best of the city, but also a kind of slight reference to this idea of supporting local organizations, local restaurants, and really that idea of a community has really come through very strongly, actually. So it's really heartening to see. And moving from the messaging into sort of more of the logistics, I saw you've got a great page on moma.org at um, forward slash visit forward slash tips with things like connect without contact to encourage visitors to go touchless and to travel light given that your coat check is closed. Have you needed to adjust any of this messaging to encourage visitors to act differently or prepare themselves for changes when they're on site during COVID-19? So we spent quite a lot of time preparing what we called a kind of code of conduct. So the things that we wanted visitors to to, to know in advance and be prepared for before they came for their visit. So some of the things previously mentioned, this idea of having to wear a mask, um, that we do temperature checks, that there is no bag storage facility. And I think one of the benefits of a time ticket model is that actually we've, we've had the ability to be able to communicate with audiences in advance. So previously, you know, the majority of our visitors would just turn up on the day, buy a ticket and, and they go through. And because we are insisting on kind of pre-advanced booking, we're able to have a relationship with our audience in advance and tell them about some of these different kind of protocols in place. So it's been actually a relatively smooth process and we've been really fascinated. I remember on like the first day, we'd obviously put a lot of work into getting these protocols right, getting the technology in place to for, to facilitate that those protocols and just waiting for those first visitors to kind of come into the museum and and it was like they were totally native you know they they were traveling light they knew about the temperature check they were wearing masks and it was just such a seamless thing i think because obviously it's it's a kind of universal topic covid and everybody's talking about it everybody knows the kind of restrictions so it's it's been a relatively seamless process so it's it's, it's great to see 
And you've been using timed passes as part of the capacity harness. How has yes. that changed the approach or even the, the specific call to action for audiences to book online? So we didn't use time ticketing before this moment. And the exceptions to that would be really major exhibitions where, you know, like a Matisse cutouts exhibition that happened a few years ago. And part of the reason for that is that we wanted to make sure that we were responding to visitor behavior. And quite often, they want to have the freedom and flexibility to come into the galleries as they please. I think, you know, since reopening, because we have such restrictions on the number of people we can welcome, and at the very beginning, we were just letting 100, we're allowing kind of 100 visitors to come to the museum per hour, that we had to have a time ticket process in place. I think the benefits for us, certainly, is that we are able to obviously regulate how many people are coming into the museum at any given time so that they have the best quality experience. As I said, it allows us to have a kind of dialogue and relationship with our audience prior to them coming, which allows us to communicate those protocols really successfully. And I think for the visitor, it gives them peace of mind. And, you know, as, as an aside, we when we first started to do it, we only did time ticketing for visitors that were buying a ticket. So our members we wanted to offer them the freedom and flexibility to come whenever they wanted. And within the first kind of week, we got a fairly significant feedback that actually our, our members wanted time ticketing as well so that they could plan their day and they knew that they had a reserve time slot. So we quickly implemented uh, that into the technology as well. So in terms of, in terms of uh, I guess, our messaging and marketing, I guess it's just there is a kind of extra sense of urgency for audiences that that we have limits at the moment and actually if they want to kind of guarantee a visit that they have to book online and, and in advance so that's certainly been a, a significant call to action for us. It's going to be so interesting to see if that's changing consumer behaviours going forward. I mean we, we would love that because I think it enables us to you know we we would have thousands of audiences go into the museum and we wouldn't know really where, who they were, you know, data capture was sketchy for those audiences. And from a marketing perspective, it's kind of a luxurious experience now that people are going through a, a booking journey, and we are able to, to continue that relationship with them after their visit. So uh, I guess time will tell, but, but we, would, we would love that for sure. And with all the media coverage around the pandemic, have you seen an increase in your earned media for 2020 around your shutdown or reopening or um, even some of your digital engagement like this Kardashian holiday meme? <laughs> um, I mean, f firstly, uh, credit to our social media manager, uh, Julia, who's excellent and is always able to spot a moment for us to participate in something that's happening in a more significant way on social media. I, th I guess one of the things that we have seen, which I think probably is a universal trend, is that we get more earned media for some of our digital activities in a way that perhaps we wouldn't have before um, in comparison to some of our physical exhibitions. So, you know, at, at the point of lockdown, we introduced a, a virtual views program that presented a virtual experience of our physical exhibitions, including Q&As with artists and curators. Uh, we have a really significant short course program that is free to participate in and other other kind of digital experiences. And, and they achieved real kind of real significant coverage in, in 
various different publications uh, that perhaps we wouldn't have before, but I think was responding to a moment when, you know, people wanted something to do. And we saw a real explosion in the number of audiences who participated in our short course program because there was like a hunger to do something or to learn something at that particular moment. And I think media outlets were very responsive to that and wanted to provide their readers with, you know, good content to kind of occupy their their readers' minds during this moment. So it's been a really interesting experience. Mm. And looking forward to 21, what are your hopes or expectations on recovery, especially for tourism markets? How are you approaching the potential of lifting capacity and, and seeing tourists again? Do you have a sense of when we're going to get back to this true normal rather than the new one? I think we will, I think so much will depend on a vaccine, actually. I think once a vaccine is in place and, and widely distributed, I think kind of consumer confidence to go into public spaces and to travel will grow. So I think, you know, we are, we know that the that, that tourism markets will remain slow for months to come. I think they will take a while to recover. I think we respond to, to new information and new insights pretty much daily, uh, which start to inform you know, how we think audiences will grow. I think certainly we want to focus and will continue to focus on our local audiences to support some of our revenue streams in the short term. But I think it will take time for tourism to grow back to the city. But certainly within 2021, we'll certainly see some positive shoots of growth, I think. And with the city being such a tourist destination for domestic and international, you, you talked a little bit before about your work with um, New York City being locally focused at the minute, but will, mm. will your team will be collaborating together with other museums or attractions or the city itself to plan for the comeback? We have actually started those conversations. I think we are thinking about that moment when the city, to all intents and purposes, properly reopens and how we can create a moment around you know, museums and cultural spaces as being central to that. So that's certainly a dialogue that we're having. But I think it's been quite gratifying, this kind of whole period of just the level of collaboration that museums in the city um, have had during this period, and you know, you know, when we were developing our protocols, you know, we were you know sharing those with with some of our peer institutions to make sure that you know we were aligned and that we were offering a, a you know a fairly consistent visitor experience. We continue to share trends in visitation and the learnings that we're having as a as an organisation. We're very active in sharing those, so it's been a great moment. I mean. A, perhaps can't emphasize this idea of you know a sense of community both within the city and within these organizations so it's been very really lovely to see and i think that will continue mm. and do you expect there to be any permanent shifts in the market or visitor behavior following covid or any permanent pivots to the way that you operate i think we feel that i mean new york will remain a prime visitor destination for tourism the, the length of time that takes to to recover is, is is not clear at the moment, but I think you know going forward we will continue to see a really significant tour, tourism uh, market for museums and cultural spaces. I think the conversation we are having at the moment is 
actually how we exist as both a physical museum and a virtual museum for audiences, that actually it's showing that there's a clear appetite to engage in our program if you can't be in New York or if you're in another country. So I think we're certainly thinking about how we operate in, in, in two spheres, if you like, in a way that I think historically we've perhaps been more focused on the physical encounter at the museum and the physical experience of coming into the museum. And I think the physical and virtual is, is going to exist as a more kind of parallel program for us into the future. And for you and your role, that you incorporate both marketing and creative strategy. What, what do you foresee for the future and how are you leading, inspiring your team to focus on that journey forward? God, good question. I think, as I said, I think, you know, continuing to operate as a kind of virtual experience is going to be increasingly important. I think the approach that we take as a team is is a real test and learn model, um, particularly over the period of lockdown. I think every organization was experimenting with formats, experimenting with different ways to engage audiences in a way that feels right. I think even now we're seeing probably Zoom fatigue, uh, screen fatigue. So I think being really responsive to those trends and making sure that we pivot where necessary. I think internally, I think it's it's introduced kind of new types of collaboration across teams. So from our special events team to our membership team, those models were primarily kind of analog models. And I think we've moved into a into a moment where actually they have to be virtual models as well. So although I think the creative team at MoMA have in some senses taken a lead in terms of some of the digital initiatives, it's starting to to spill out into all teams within the institution. So I think probably a, a focus going forward is actually new forms of collaboration between teams for sure. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing those reflections on 2020 and your outlook for the year ahead. It's so timely as we're all going through that transition with the new year approaching. Great. Thank you very much. And to all our listeners out there, a happy holidays to you and your families, and we'll see you on the other side.